0: Welcome to All of You with Madeleine Munro, a space where we explore vulnerable conversations and topics centered around a trauma-informed approach to healing and growth, where we welcome all that we are exactly as we are. Hi, I am so excited to welcome you to my podcast all of you. And so this episode is going to be sharing around, yeah, who am I, the intention for this project, and just, yeah, tuning into the space that we're co-creating together through this podcast. And so firstly, who am I? So this feels like an ever-evolving question. And I feel like you could ask me on any day and it would be different. And as I'm sure many of you know, on the personal development journey, it's like we become new beings every day or every moment, even after every meditation or class or lesson. We're constantly changing and evolving. So I'm sure this intro will, yeah, be out of date in no time. So I call myself a sexologist professionally, and that's an umbrella term to you for someone that works or specializes in the field of sexology. And so I studied somatic sexology and sexological bodywork and somatic sex education. However, I've also have a deep background in holistic health and actually since training in sexology I've gone on to study in psychosexual somatics and somatic attachment therapy and trauma and so really it's a huge umbrella term for someone that works in sexology or sexuality and human sexuality and I'm sure every sexologist is different and so I kind of narrow it down by saying I'm a trauma-informed sexologist because as a sexologist, for me, it's not even about the sex. It's about what's beneath that. And actually, what I found through my own healing and my own journey is that sex is a beautiful gateway for us to see ourselves, our patterns, our growth, our healing. And the way we relate to sex is actually how we're going to relate to other areas of our lives. And it's been a really beautiful and profound journey because through my own healing with intimacy, sexuality, relationships, really what I found is, is safety. That's really been like the key piece here that I feel so grateful for is that the gorgeous nourishing relationships or interactions and encounters I may have had are amazing and have blown me wide open, like my heart, mind, and soul. But really what I keep coming back to is like an internal safety that I found through healing my relationship to intimacy with others and therefore intimacy with myself. With this, this is kind of the ethos of how I tend to work with people and the intention around this podcast. Because people may come to me and with visions and goals of of deeper sexual expression, deeper sexual liberation, pleasure, orgasms, full body orgasms, like mind blowing intimacy and, and even just the whole spectrum. So it may be, you know, just wanting to feel sensation on some level, or it may be full body orgasmic bliss, or it may be wanting to improve relationships with family or friends or work, or just generally noticing that we don't like people and that's also okay and healthy, but like that, how can we create more happiness in our lives through creating safer and happier relationships. And so with this internal sense of safety, this is the key. And often one of the mantras that I'll start a lot of my work with is like safety is the first step to pleasure because people may come and want teachings on the, all kind of realms on, on sexuality or intimacy. And I always feed it back to safety and creating safety in ourselves creating safety in our relationships and what that requires of us and often that may not actually feel that sexy you know nervous system regulation reflecting on our patterns taking responsibility for the impact of our behavior noticing where we're acting out noticing where we're projecting onto people or blaming and criticism that might not Feel that sexy or blissful or pleasurable. And actually, our degree to feel pleasure and joy and bliss in this world is actually directly correlated to our ability to hold the more difficult emotions and sensations. And so, therefore, through creating safety, what we allow ourselves to do is to create, to deepen our capacity to feel it all, (laughs) to feel the edgy, crunchy, difficult pieces, and therefore be able to hold that sensation and on the other end of the spectrum, be able to feel the bliss and expansion. And if we look at this through a nervous system lens, This can help provide a backdrop for kind of understanding like why it's so important to look at sexuality relationships or intimacy through more reflective lenses than just perhaps surface-level tips or quick fixes. And so, yeah, because every what I the way I look at stuff is like. What's playing out in the bedroom is going to be playing out outside of the bedroom. And actually, just sexuality is a microcosm for us to learn more about ourselves. And so if we look at safety and orgasms, for us to experience an orgasm, our nervous system needs to be in a deep parasympathetic state. So this is like, this is surrender. and. What this requires is that like, our body feels safe enough to allow us to relax into this experience. However, this same nervous system state, deep parasympathetic, often may perhaps referred to as dorsal. Within nervous system theory, would be like deep freeze if it's not safe. So if we don't feel safe, With therefore pops feeling like a deep freeze trauma response. And that can feel so frightening and scary to be in this place. And actually our nervous system, when we're in orgasm, bliss, pleasure, surrender, is in a similar sensation, but when there is safety, it's in that deep parasympathetic state. And so if we imagine an animal in the wild, like being able to surrender so deeply into that state, that deep parasympathetic state, they will have to know that there's no threats around. There's no predators that they can fully surrender. And when we can kind of understand the depth that we require safety in our systems to experience these different nervous system states that then allow us to experience pleasure and bliss and orgasm then that helps provide a framework for looking at sexuality in a trauma-informed way it provides like a bedrock a tapestry for weaving together the approaches and the teachings that I do to this topic to intimacy sex and relationships And so when we're, you know, with our partners or when we're in intimacy, if we can imagine how vulnerable it may be for an animal in the wild to fully surrender into that state, perhaps that can give us an insight into the vulnerability and the level of safety that we require to experience orgasm. And this nervous system navigation requires some honesty and vulnerability around like where our nervous systems are every day and where we use coping mechanisms and how we support ourselves and how we resource ourselves. As I said earlier, this idea that Our relationship to pleasure is also directly correlated to our relationship to hold difficult or uncomfortable sensations as well. And when people ask me about my journey to experiencing full body orgasms, and I'll do an episode probably fully on full body orgasms later on in this series, but I often share that it's not a coincidence that I actually gave up drinking and drugs before that experience. So like I used to lean on crutches such as that for my emotional regulation and it took a level of sobriety with myself and therefore radical honesty to be able to hold myself and then allow myself to go to those places of ecstatic experiences. And so this leads me into, yeah, my journey a bit and how I kind of came to do this work and perhaps why I found like the unique flavor or niche in this field that I have. Yes. So I started my healing journey after I sought help as a teenager. My parents were supportive and helping me find resources to support my health and well-being but I really committed to change when I'd hit a rock bottom around 21 on my, yeah, I vividly remember like a, yeah, a really tender, sad, vulnerable 21st birthday. And I don't know if anyone else experiences birthday trauma of like what birthdays can bring up. And I'm very lucky that, yeah, actually I've come full circle and, And this year, and even the years before, have been incredible expressions of of rewiring and, yeah, reframing um, birthdays. But yeah, so I was 21. And around that time, so when I was about 20, I had ended things with a partner in which there were, yeah, very unhealthy patterns playing out really unhealthy and even um yeah abusive patterns and that was a very vulnerable place in itself to come to terms with things that hadn't been okay. The realization of what have I been in, what was okay, what's not okay. I deeply do I love this person? I am in love with them, but this isn't okay. And also being really young at the age that at 20, you know, I just yeah a vulnerable reflective place. And Actually, at that time, so my dad had had a journey with cancer ongoing, and had been in remission, and it had actually come back, and on a parallel timeline, my mum was also diagnosed with cancer, and so I was, yeah, 20, kind of having some profound realizations around, like, a long-term partnership that I'd been in, and then... Yeah, I was going to with both my parents being, yeah, very ill and they were okay. My mum, hers was mouth cancer and she had an operation and my dad sought treatment and he actually transitioned and passed away about four years later. But at that time, they were both moving through it. But I'd gone from, yeah, it was just a rock bottom to realize the amount of pain that I was feeling in my system and the coping mechanisms that I'd grown up with as a teenager were yeah, perfectionism, overachieving, and that manifested in an eating disorder. And I'd had this for probably about a decade at this point. So being twenty with this amount of sensation and pain in my system, I basically spiraled into this coping mechanism. It was like if this is all I've got to lean on, I have nothing else. And it got it. Yeah, it, it went. It was out of control. It was like out of control more than I've ever seen it. And it, I was in a fork in the road where I knew that if I don't take change to look at this and why I have this relationship with food was, as I shared around, you know, isn't wasn't ever really about the food. It's about control and how I was finding safety in the world through that relationship. So yeah, I'd reach this fork in the road where like, if I, I knew that if I didn't seek help, then I had this inner knowing that this kind of, yeah, coping mechanism, this disorder would probably, yeah, take, take my life in that sense, either through like it's never really getting out of it or through the desperate lows that it had taken me to. Yeah, so I committed to therapy when I was 21 and... And I'll probably return to this journey around disordered eating because I could talk about it for a while, but I'm still aware of the flow here and like the timeline of my life. But that's a deeply vulnerable place. And I have the most, most respect for anyone that manages to overcome addiction or manages to come into a place of inner peace or contentment in their lives after struggling with mental health. I'm just in absolute reverence because yeah, it's one of my proudest achievements of sitting with my stuff and yeah, going to the core of why certain situations had manifested how they did what, what, how I was seeking to benefit from these behaviors and doing some deep, deep, sometimes dark, gross, messy, vulnerable healing so that I can, live what now feels like a very fulfilling yeah happy content life yeah so really deep reverence to anyone listening that struggled with your yeah your mental health i hear you and I'm, i'm with you it's a journey a really tough interesting but potent and transformational journey and so at 21, I sought therapy and it just cracked me open. It just cracked me open because I think my plan was that I was going to, you know, I remember this so clearly. And I was thinking that, like, right, well, I'm going to be in therapy for a few months. I'm going to work out what I need and then I'm going to finish therapy and get on with my life. Like, that's it. There's no deeper piece here. This is just it. I'm just going to be in therapy for Six, maybe 12 weeks or something. Let's sort this out. Bam, 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 and get out of here. And actually, I just had an unraveling of like realizing a lot about myself and my relationship to the world. And that I had, yeah, grown up with maybe outwardly success, but in a turmoil and a real deep insight into how I yeah, saw so acceptance, approval, validation, love in the world from what from, yeah, like how I'd been perhaps conditioned to to feel that I needed to be to be loved. And so, yeah, so anyway, I saw therapy and then I kind of changed my whole path in life, and because i had been doing you know, I'd been doing law at university at the time, and I just I changed tack and I yeah, I started studying counseling and coaching, nutritional therapy, and yeah, holistic health. And I really put that first and then uh trained as a yoga teacher. And this is where I kind of thought my life would would stay. I just felt peace in areas that I just never realized I could feel peace in and happiness that I just didn't even know was possible. Like I just did not realize I could feel this. Quiet in my mind, like balanced in my body, just nourished in my soul, that, yeah, I felt really happy and fulfilled. And one of the, a big resource that I'd been in was the passion of meditations, so silent retreats. And I'd actually done my first one when I was 19, and I'd come back to it when I went into therapy and became a resource for me. I'd committed to them um, a lot. Sitting in silence and prioritizing meditation and discipline, my practices, that's what helped me heal from my eating disorder. I was very disciplined to my yoga, sobriety, because if I looked at my coping mechanisms, there's also crutches of, of drugs, of alcohol, like you know, sugar, caffeine, cigarettes, I gave, yeah, I would, yeah, I was addicted to cigarettes and coffee. And so where was I leaning on these crutches and not feeling my feelings? That's what it really came down to. And I remember this being my mantra of like, how can I feel my feelings more? And so the passion was a beautiful gateway. And I transitioned into actually starting to wanting to study Tibetan Buddhism more living in northern India and I was on a yeah a silent retreat and a couple of my friends at the time had I was spending a lot of times a lot of time in convents buddhist convents and I just really was inspired by yeah the nuns I was surrounded by like they had their stories what they had moved through and just that life was really appealing to me to sit, to devote myself to spirituality, devote myself to enlightenment and read and just further my spiritual growth was a very alluring path for me and what I thought was next. I thought, could this be it? And so I was deeply reflecting on whether to commit to this and and be a nun and thinking, is this is this it? Because I felt so happy just. In meditation by myself. And so, and then I was in a retreat in northern India, Dharamshala. And actually, usually men and women are split up, but in this one, we were together. And I noticed that I started to have more anxiety. I like, I noticed I was attracted to this certain guy. And I realized that. I was more anxious around this man than I was around the spiritual tea things of like death and rebirth. And we'd be meditating on death and saying goodbye to our families and letting go of this life and non-attachment. And I was able to process that, but then I noticed anxiety coming up around this man. And, you know, or oh, where is he in the room? And there's vigilance and suddenly this attraction. And I thought, wow. This is my work. This is actually it. I, I think I'm, I've got an anxious attachment going on here. And I think actually like the sensation that's coming up in my body is actually more than it is around this man than it is around these teachings. And therefore I, need, I felt like I needed to lean into this discomfort. There's one thing I've kind of learned on my journey. It's like the edges of turning towards the things that I can tend to be afraid of have been very, very fruitful, such as like turning towards sobriety, turning towards like feeling what is a deeper peace and being able to sit with that discomfort. So I had realized that I had some work to do, like I had some work to do and that actually, why do I feel more comfortable with myself, sat in meditation? Like, why do I find safety in solitude? And yeah, it was a, a poignant epiphany for me. I remember being sat outside of the meditation hall. I don't know if anyone's been to Dharamsala, but just looking across, like down the mountain and seeing the vast views of India and just reflecting on like, wow, how interesting that someone else is more triggering for my inner peace than these spiritual teachings right now in this moment. And so I knew that my steps were turning towards this work and, and experimenting it with it. I was in my early 20s and I thought, I can always come back to this path. This path is here for me. Silence is here for me. Solitude, deep presence and commitment to my spiritual growth is here for me. And I've, I've kind of realized that I likely have like an anxious avoidant attachment pattern playing out. And what does that mean? And what does that look like for me? And so from here, I actually then journeyed. Yeah. with yeah tantric massage and I'm laughing because I am reflecting on how in my younger 20s I would do things that looking back probably weren't as safe as yeah as they could have been and I would make these decisions and this kind of sense of feeling invincible and I would do yeah and I'd have this sense of adventure that I still have but just noticing the sense of feeling invincible. <laughs> and so actually from here And you know, yeah, this wasn't safe to do But I left this meditation center after this course And I was in this Indian town And I saw a poster for someone offering tantric massage A Brazilian woman And I just knew I just thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explore this I'm going to see how it feels And and so I WhatsApped her and She said, oh, I'm actually leaving in a couple of days I'm leaving India But I'll be in Delhi for two nights And I thought, I just knew I don't know if you've had it But I get this knowing of what step to take And I will do it Even if it feels scary Or I'm like, what the fuck It's almost like I know I've had it with some really big transitions in my life It's like the inner knowing My intuition knows that this is the next step But looking back, I'm thinking Wow, that was wild that I did that So I flew Oh Madeline, I flew to Delhi from down Charlotte. Didn't get the train I because of the time. And I, I flew and I met this Brazilian woman in a random hotel in Delhi. Like I'm just looking back on that as a yeah, just as I'm older and thinking, wow, like we're talking about safety, an internal sense of safety. And the bravery <laughs> to do that, or or perhaps the foolhardiness to yeah, have this open-hearted view of the world. And so I yeah, met this tantric practitioner in this hotel room in Delhi, and she guided me through some embodiment practices. And then she actually gave me a tantric massage. And this absolutely change the course of my trajectory. So it was this, so it's the epiphany that I'd had on this retreat and then turning towards that gold or like those insights from from the discomfort that had come up from that retreat into this session, this tantric session with this woman. And I had just never felt such pleasure in my body like i just didn't even know that was possible to feel that it was incredible it was like probably my first instance of full body pleasure and if we actually look at that the why it's so special is like even the presence having someone so attuned to me and my needs someone really communicating with me about what i want someone checking in with me it being a consent led session consent led touch you know that touch designed around my exploration and growth and receptivity and co-creation with pleasure it was just a very profound awakening psychologically and knowing that was possible and then also yeah physically and spiritually because it felt similar to when I journeyed with plant medicine when I journeyed with ayahuasca like that level of pleasure. And I just didn't even know I could possibly feel that from touch or I could feel that in sexual intimacy. It just blew me open completely. So having experienced these kind of insights, I knew that my life wasn't going to be the same. I knew, okay, so I have... Some changes to make, or I how do I integrate these experiences? How do I learn from this? How do I change course and actually allow these experiences, which have really shown parts of my life that I need to change, to allow them to do that? Yeah, and so I made a commitment to myself to, just to explore intimacy. I thought, wow, no, no one's ever, I didn't even know this was possible. And Wow, why do I feel so uncomfortable intimacy? Why am I so afraid of it? And like, why am I happier? Why do I feel happy about myself? And so I just had the intention to explore workshops and festivals and and trainings for my own personal exploration. like how I was also reflecting on my dating patterns of like, wow, I could be a really difficult person today or be in relationships because of my own, attachment stuff playing out and my own subconscious programmings and the way that I process and what my nervous system needed I was just deeply reflecting on how I had been up to that point and so I went into this work thinking okay how can I feel safer in intimacy how can I be a better partner to someone how can I be a better lover and yeah, this work absolutely changed my being every single style Um, And I'm reflecting, like, so I went to a festival, a conscious sexuality festival in, in England. That was a, another step that I took. And I remember when I started that festival and they would do, there was eye gazing and there was exercise around, like, find three people to hug and... And I would always leave at the eye gazing. And I would leave at the hugs. And I was thinking, I am not fucking hugging any. I was like, I'm not available. <laughs> I am I'm not doing this. I'm not gonna hug. Like this isn't, I'm very uncomfortable with this. <laughs> like I do not know these people, and now I've got to look at them in the eyes. And it was so, so uncomfortable for me. And these. Experiences were so excruciating to put myself into held containers to learn to be better at intimacy and to reflect on why I was struggling so much or why I felt like I was struggling so much and where my areas for growth were. And, you know, what do I really want? And as I'm sharing this with you, I'm reflecting on like, did I actually ever think that how I feel now would be possible? And to be honest, no. I went into those experiences thinking, I want to say experience, I mean, workshops, yeah, trainings, festivals of, like, intimacy and learning. And I think I just thought of the next step of, like, okay, I'm going to do a workshop on boundaries. Ah, Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to study this, this workshop on consent or this training in In consent or like tantric touch or yeah and or for oh yeah energy orgasms or energetics and and, on tantra, I just I thought of the next step. And what I didn't realize was that actually through understanding how I relate to others, I was understanding how I relate to myself, and actually I was coming home to myself after each experience. And I was finding internal safety. And now I feel so fulfilled and content and peaceful a majority of the time. And yet, trust me, there's highs and lows and there's rock bottoms and it is crunchy and it's icky and there's tears and there's rage. But my baseline is contentment and and also deep fulfillment in my relationships and the level of happiness and peace I feel in my relationships I didn't even know existed so it's like I was taking these steps to learn about intimacy thinking I just wanted to be well actually it was my main driver because one of my co-mentors was like how if I am better if I'm a perfectionist and I'm an overachiever, I am more lovable. So therefore, I will be maybe better at relationships or I will feel better in relationships because I am growing. Whereas, and that's like it comes back, it comes even down to like codependent patterns that I've taken a long time to really heal and unpack of who I think I need to be to be loved. And actually. This work has like shown me that emotional intimacy and safety and connection and community is one of the greatest resources and anchors I have in my life. And I feel so grateful for every Workshop I didn't leave, and also the ones that I did, because I trust that that was right for me. But, you know, every excruciating experience of having eye contact with a stranger when I was thinking, what the fuck am I doing right now? Every awkward hug, every experience of butterflies before I tried a new workshop to feel the deep level of safety in myself and in my relationships. Now I Know that my core friends, like my team, the people around me, like, yeah, they're everything. I am nothing. Like, I say to them a lot to my like really precious like sisters, my female friends that I have, yeah, really close to. It's like, I am the woman I am today because of my friends. I am the woman I am today because of the deep intimate relationships that have shaped and evolved and taught me what they need to teach me. And so really, I guess that's a long way of saying that after going to a few workshops and and trainings, I realized that actually relationships are a huge teacher. And for me personally, they've been the biggest catalyst for growth. They are my biggest catalyst for growth. And therefore, I wanted to specialize and train in intimacy, sex and relationships, because I know full well how potent they are at helping us heal and to grow and to love. And I realized that I didn't have... Like, where do we go to learn? Like, where's where's the school curriculum? Here is how a healthy relationship to look and feel. Like, here are the communication tools to help you have deeper intimacy. Here's some nervous system regulation tools and self-regulation and self-soothing techniques to help you when you notice your coping strategies come up that aren't actually helpful for you. Like, where is that? And where are we taught around like pleasure and worth and what we deserve to experience in this lifetime. Yeah, so that's where I started going towards professionally training in in somatic sexology. And it feels like a very much a soul calling, like I'm coming home to myself through this niche. And I'm aware this will change and grow as I change and grow and will have many flavors. And even this, part of, the reason of this podcast is like even noticing I'm wanting to create space for the way that I teach and the way that I live, that I wish I had had when I was younger. And that is a space of like trauma informed care, radical acceptance, like honesty, transparency, also, like lightness at holding ourselves, like forgiveness, like yeah, self-love, all of these pieces that I didn't have, and that actually in the next step that I started training professionally and coming into a relationship with more teachers and actually prioritizing, seeking out like what I thought were the best trainings in the world and prioritizing what, who I thought were the best teachers and trying to learn and grow. And I want to create space for this trauma-informed space that I feel is this paradigm of healing that is really needed right now. And I've noticed it in the wave of actually in this paradigm of sexuality. In some communities that I'm part of, it's like the way we do things is differently now. Like I want to hold a higher standard for the way that we hold space, for the way that we navigate boundaries and consent, the way we talk about topics, the vulnerability, like the transparency, that how we take ownership of our stuff. And for me, that comes through, yeah, some self-acceptance. And sometimes it's icky and challenging and painful. And as I say this, I've even spent some of this weekend Processing some deep pieces for myself that's brought was brought up so much emotion for me, and it's like the both and and the spectrum of human sexuality, the human experience of yeah, to, the amount of pleasure and joy we feel is correspondent to the to the difficult sensations as well, and so the intention around this podcast is around holding space for these conversations, sharing topics and conversations that have really helped me in a way and through, yeah, in a way that I also wish they had been taught. Because having gone through, yeah, many, having really experienced many different teachings at this point and different trainings, I've also learned a lot from how not to hold space and trainings. I'm thinking, wow, I look back now, knowing what I know about trauma and think, wow, that boundaries and consent was so out of place. And like this, is what was going on in the field. And I didn't have that. So I'm trying to incorporate the paradigm of care that I want to hold. And the vision that I feel is possible within healing, growth and personal development that hopefully comes through some tender and vulnerable conversations and teachings and reflections on my own learning and growth as well, because the podcast, yeah, I've called it all of you because the, the byline of what I work of how I work is, is like, yeah, is welcoming all that you are exactly as you are. And this has been the balm that helped me through. My healing journey. And let me tell you, there have been some super heavy rock bottoms that I didn't know I would get through. And what I find, you know, and I'm kind of smiling as I say this, because it's like this lightness of holding the healing journey. I used to think, oh, it'd be one rock bottom and then it'd be all the way up. And actually, it's like rock bottom and expansion and up level, rock bottom, expansion and up level. And like this mantra of like, I, and welcomed in all of myself right now. I get to be me right now, right here. I do not need to be anyone else. I get to be unconditionally loved for who I am. I get to feel safe. I get to allow parts of myself that I may have abandoned or let go of, in order to feel accepted or need approval or validation. And I get to welcome all of these parts back and we get to make space for all of these parts. And so that's really like the ethos of my work of like, of radical acceptance and honesty and vulnerability. And that actually takes bravery and courage. And what I found is like, it's been just deep medicine because I feel like actually part of the personal development world can form the model of you need to be doing X, Y, and Z to be a better person or to grow or like you're doing this wrong and change this. And actually, can we sit in the both end of we are perfect and whole as we are. We're messy, vulnerable humans and we're going to fuck up. And we're still lovable and we're still accepted and we still get to be surrounded by people that love and support us and move through the challenges of life. We're not broken. We don't need fixing. We get to sit in the duality of perfection and messiness. And so this is the ethos of this podcast. Like all of you, it's the hope that we can welcome all of ourselves exactly as we are and create space for the courage and the bravery that it takes to even embark on a healing journey and even embark on looking at ourselves and reflecting and through the medicine of self-acceptance We can allow ourselves to feel even more love and peace, fulfillment and nourishment. And so I'm really grateful for you listening and tuning in to this project, this baby that's being birthed. And my highest intention and desire is that this can be a space and a resource for us to come home to ourselves. For me, I guess I'm creating what I wish I had and I'm speaking to the parts of myself that needed this voice. And it's so interesting of like this, the project of this podcast in itself because I actually started recording this months ago and I started this project months ago and I was so excited and it felt incredible. And... What happened was, is that like, I noticed that actually it activated some stuff for me. Fear of not being good enough, fear of not getting it right, fear of being seen, like fear of receiving, fear of like the vulnerability of this type of project and noticing the depth that actually I really need to connect to my work and the depth and the space that I require whenever I really like take on a project and so I started this project months ago I recorded several episodes and then I took on another role within the realm of sexuality for a training and I kind of parked this project and actually what happened was a part of my system went into overwhelm at these fears and like what was coming up for me around this project and what i say is like oh like my trauma came up and i'll speak to this more fully in an episode of how i kind of define trauma and how i work with it but simply put the way i see trauma is like the way our body responds to something happening too soon too quickly or that it's too much and it's how our body responds to that and that's something that I deeply learned from one of my mentors, Catherine Hale. I really recommend her work around trauma. And so this had activated this for me. I thought an overwhelm. Trauma had come up. It felt like, wow, this is too much for me right now. And I actually went into freeze. And this is why it's so interesting working with like or seeing coaches teach around procrastination. Because the way I see procrastination is like if we look at a at nervous system level. It's like, OK, freeze is playing out here. Like what is going on? And so I had freeze within my nervous system around this podcast and this project that I actually so deeply love and care about. But I couldn't tune into that because my body had gone to this place with it. And so it actually took some months of reflection, healing, and taking some space to come into connection with it. And this was so precious to me because, firstly, I couldn't have done this without the incredible, incredible support of my friends, my supervisor, my coach, and because they, and like, it's just beautiful, like full circle, piece of that actually it's my community that helped me with my my projects like my community helps me become a better person and as someone that got into this work because of a fear of intimacy that is one of the most fucking beautiful realizations of like how deeply i am held and how actually deeply i let myself be held by other people and like i said earlier that i wouldn't be the woman that i am without those around me and so yeah some deep holding with people around me and then this patience and this loving hand with myself because I noticed one of my strategies of the way I would have coped with trauma in the past especially when it comes to with work or performance or like yeah I think performance is like I would have felt like I needed to do something perform or like or my performance mattered. so like I would have Sought love, acceptance, validation through, yes, yeah, success. And therefore, I would have abandoned myself in the process. So that would show itself in, yeah, perfectionism in an eating disorder where I abandon my very basic core needs in order to show up for my work. It was very extreme during those patterns. That's a very deep neural path where I needed to rewire, of like, and that's where actually my journey of my business and my work has been a very tender personal development journey because my work was also very closely related to, yeah, this eating disorder and success and what that brought up for me. And so anyway, this project um, that I get to, yeah, be with you in and I'm so grateful for you listening is like this time I don't get to abandon myself. You know, I was talking to my coach week in week out. And we were talking about it. I was like, there's just other pieces that need to come online. There's other pieces need to come online and I'm tending to them. And it felt like such a milestone of knowing that I do not need to abandon myself for my work. I do not need to abandon myself for my projects. I get to hold the hand of my young one that may have activated, like my young one, my inner child that may have fears or activations coming online I get to go at the right pace of my nervous system I get to listen to my body like it was it feels like such a celebration actually that it's several months later to when I thought I would be releasing it because it's the milestone of I do not have to abandon myself for anything in the external world. I get to be in touch with all parts of me and prioritize this care and compassion and tend to the pieces of me that may need more love and care and support in order for me to create what I want to create in this world. And so. Yeah, this is a tender reflection, even on the process of creating this. But really, this just shows how even in this, in the making of this podcast, like, I've let all of myself be here. And I have had to feel some uncomfortable sensations in creating something that I really want to do. The both end of pleasure and challenge and this feels so poignant because it's something that I never had and I feel it's something that we're not taught we're not taught to prioritize our nervous system regulation we're not taught to reflect on our triggers or or self-soothe or seek support or lean on like the value of community the value of deep deep attunement with community and being held by loved ones and so it feels like yeah this episode while a super vulnerable reflection like my own stuff is a beautiful encapsulation of the way that I relate to life and the way that I hold space for others to relate to life and how I feel I wish that we were taught to And so I'm really excited to keep going on this journey with you and unfold and unravel more vulnerable conversations, more reflections, and yeah, like all while holding point for radical self-care, radical self-acceptance and compassion and like allowing ourselves to be exactly as we are. And knowing that we are perfect and whole and we can be messy and human at the same time.